On this episode of Halftone Takes, we talk more about representation, Del Toro's Pinocchio, and are visited by former U.S. President Barack Obama. <laughs> Mainly, we're talking about dark stuff, and all of those things are dark. So, <laughs> the darkest. We were born in the dark. We were molded. I was born in the dark, <laughs> but I will not die hungry. <laughs> Video games forever. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Halftone Takes, high contrast conversations where we zoom out to see the bigger picture. I am one half of the host. I am Corey Revis, aka Actually Dark for Real. And this is my other host. Hello, I'm Adam Bucheri, an undead favorite. Ah, okay. I see. I see what's going on. Well, today we're going to talk about something a little controversial. And this might be one of the uh, first times that we actually, me and Adam, as good of friends as we are, we're probably going to have pretty different views on this. Maybe. We'll see. It might not. It might not be a case. Yeah. But we're talking about the Bible 2, the <laughs> hottest new sequel. <laughs> For PlayStation 2. For PlayStation 2. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're not going to get into that. That would that would be like that. We might save that for somewhere else, but no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Historically speaking, we saved that for 4 a.m. at in college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk about something since this is a media based podcast. We're going to talk about the darkness. Now, what darkness. is the darkness? It is. Dark themes in our media, preferably when it comes to maybe family entertainment, children's entertainment, stuff that is normally for quote unquote kids. Mm -hmm. um, and what does that actually even mean? And the fact that I'm starting to hate it. And I hate when people say dark. And I, you need to stop. You need to use more different words instead of just, oh, this is dark. To, Shut to up. clarify, Stop you're it. talking about you're, you object to like the discussions around it, not the actual. Oh no, content no, necessarily. I, I I like I like the discussions around it because that's that's just going to happen. What mm. I don't like is people using it as a catch-all for mature themes. Yeah, uh, it it's not useful. It, it's there's different levels, and I have some examples, but obviously I'm throwing this at you. Because you're Mr. This is dark and despair and everything like that. And, you know. I'm Mr. Bleak theming. <laughs> I'm Mr. Despair. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Um, I'm not saying that as a, like a harp, obviously, on Adam. I have known Adam for many, many years, and he's good at it. Um, because not all, you know, themes like that are necessarily bad. There's a lot of movies and books and TV shows that do have those themes that I really like throughout the entire thing that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not saying that it's like a bad thing by any means. There's you can have both. You can very much have both. Um, what I am saying is that. Well, 
you know what? Before I even get into that, I'm gonna throw the the three main bullet points yeah, give, that I want to give them go. structure questions. Yes. Um, the first question I'm gonna throw out to Adam is, what is his baseline basically? Where does Ooh. he like to stick his nose in the most, or put his foot in, as I like to say? <laughs> Where does he like to put his foot in the most when it comes to the themes that he likes to write about, draw about, or even think about? Uh, what does he enjoy? Where is his, like, Goldilocks zone? Mm -hmm. um, the second question, and that's just, a, like, a general question. The second is not necessarily a question, but who is doing... What or who is doing a good job at what you like in the industry right now? Sure. What do you think? Who do you think is doing it best? Or who do you think is just not doing it best? Who do you think is, is like, eh, I, I think overall, like for your aesthetic, basically. Yeah. And then um, I want to get your opinion because we're going to go straight to a specific thing. I want to get your opinion on Pinocchio, the new stop-motion Pinocchio movie that, um... Yep. Directed by your boy and mine. Yes. <laughs> Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Toro. Oh, baby. Uh, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, that one is gonna be... That point is gonna be pretty significant because he has basically raised the question outright of guys, like, you know, talking to audiences and whatnot. Guys, he's like, this is technically a family movie. Uh, so what you're thinking is dark and what I think is dark are kind of two different things right now. Totally. And he brought up a good point, well, a lot of good points, but I just want to, you know, us to talk about it because we enjoy his work. I enjoyed that movie. You know, I, I am not sure how Adam feels about it, but that is the point. We're going to get into <laughs> listening to Adam talk about a lot of this stuff that is the direction we're headed we're headed into the darkness people so uh i'm going to tell everybody who's listening right now fasten your spooky belts. <laughs> fasten your seat belts for the roller coaster <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um that's that's the direction we're going uh today it's not going to be like super like serious I i'm i'm not that type of person anyway um like or analytical this is just from a, almost a layman's perspective of, okay, guys, why are we actually talking about this? And what do we really want when it comes to darker themes? Yeah. Um, and because, and like I said, it goes back to the whole, stop saying dark, because what do you even mean? Um, like dark has been, dark themes have been everywhere uh, since, like in, it, specifically in children's and family uh, media. I mean, if you go back to the original Disney stuff, and I'm talking like the 60s digital uh, Disney stuff, it's like, geez, they actually mm. died. <laughs> like, they seriously died. Oh, like, yeah. they're, they're not coming back type thing. And Disney's just like, well, that's what happens. Kids can handle this. So, so let's start, um, let's start at the beginning. You were asking... Like, what's kind of my baseline? And I'm interpreting that as explicitly for for children's media. Like, yes. we're, we're not yes. talking about HBO's Chernobyl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beloved children's classic. <laughs> Chernobyl for kids. Uh, yeah, but maybe we are, would, we would include something like Watership Down, which yes. is, you know, 
pretty pretty intense the book not necessarily the remake the book uh i would say that <laughs> yeah uh i i'll just start by saying that like uh i would consider myself generally a fairly well-rounded human i like a lot of different stuff i love upbeat optimistic sunshine i love musicals as has been previously established he's lying He's lying. His but, favorite musical. But I do. <laughs> Tell him your favorite musical. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't have a favorite musical, but like, well, I certainly what did do. You told, what, you, what did you tell me last time, though, or when we were talking maybe off mic? My fa- uh, I still. Holy musical Batman? No, no. You said, I still really. And I was surprised when you told me this. I still really enjoy um, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I love Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Sweeney Todd is great. <laughs> So it's still in there. He's still in there, people. He's still in there. Oh, for sure. Let's be real. A Little Priest, hilarious <laughs> song about cannibalism. Very funny song. Yeah, but like for children's entertainment, like here's the thing. I think that children's entertainment has always contained darkness in basically every form with two major exceptions that I can think of. And that's, and they're both when the government gets involved. So I'm talking about the Comics Code Authority, which very strict Mm. regulations on what can and can't be shown. (laughs) Yeah. And um, the Hayes Codes, where, uh, again, very specific uh, limitations on it, and people had to work around those. Aside from that, like, we as a species have just decided that we're going to tell kids some messed up stuff and just be okay with it. You know, uh, the original version of all the Grimm's fairy tales are unbelievably bleak. (laughs) Uh, You know, some people have never heard the original version of some of these stories. And it's just like, oh, it gets gets, bad. Yeah, it gets pretty bad. Like, bloody bad Um, sometimes, too. Oh, frequently. It's not just like, kids will never seen again. No, they're like, nah. And they cut them up into little pieces. And then they ate them. And then all this stuff happened. Or they, you know, the I'm just thinking of Red Riding Hood off the top of my head where yep. she well, didn't, like, the wolf eat them. And then they had to cut themselves out of the wolf's stomach or something. I forget. It was something yes, like that. that happens at least in one version yeah. of and it. And I was like, whoa, uh, awesome. And that was me <laughs> as a kid. I was like, yeah, get him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, when we think about, like, 80s kids movies oh boy you know gremlins goonies yeah uh uh you know e- even i mean you, 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 you can go Jones, you can go et you know like et is et for e. sure is like, a scary hor- movie. et is kind of horrible when you think about it because it's like oh and it's funny because it's so much it's it has so many things i just thought of this it has so many themes of kids be afraid of the government <laughs> <laughs> Be afraid of the government. Yeah. What, keep an eye out for feds. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> just ask the Iron Giant. Oof. Uh, which is another one. That's a, I guess it's a more recent one. one. But uh, yeah. The point is, I think that like uh, themes of darkness or uh, themes of, you know, mature themes mm-hmm. are the norm and not the exception. Uh, if we go to see a movie... That is for kids. Like, I do expect it to have, like, a little bit of something, like some grown-up themes. Mm-hmm. And I think that almost without exception, like, there's going to be some of that. The difference 
that I think that you're seeing mm-hmm. is like how it's marketed and how those um, part of the problem is just the the whole definition and taxonomy of it because like what is darkness mm-hmm. uh, like you kind of need to define it a little bit because it also gets lumped in with straight up horror mm-hmm. or gets lumped in with bodily humor or even just cursing yeah or uh, you know, it, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And sometimes you see something and it's just like trying to do some gross out humor. It's like, that's not darkness. That's just like trying to provoke a reaction yeah. from kids. In my opinion, I think a lot of people equate darkness with maturity. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I mean, like that comes like what comes to mind is video games struggling in their adolescence to try to be taken seriously as a medium. And it's just like, oh, God of War 1 for the PlayStation 2 (laughs) has boobies and people swear and there's like lots of blood. It's very mature. And it's like, no, this is the most adolescent, like teenage bullshit that I've ever seen in my life. Like it's embarrassing in many ways. It's it's funny because that is... Kind of what I think about, like, video games when it comes to people Mm -hmm. arguing this, because I immediately go to Call of Duty, which is the most bloody and nonsense sometimes that you can have. You can have a mature, like, first player story, but who cares? Like, like a lot of people are like, no, I'm going to go, I buy the games for the multiplayer, where, and I'm talking, these are eight to 12 year olds who are playing call of Mm -hmm. duty all the time. And they, they they're shooting people. They're like stabbing people. They're doing all this kind of stuff. It is hardcore military sim. I would not call call of duty a hardcore military sim. Well, well, I'm, it's got hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. It's hardcore as in like, you know, the violence anyway, the over the topness. It's very arcadey. Um, and so, but it it completely goes down that hole of oh, it, does violence or all of this make this dark, or is it just uh, you know, or do we have to measure by more maturity than just uh, and how they handle all this stuff rather than you know just throwing it in there? Because I would say that uh, for an example, for like the tv you know i would say that uh what is it this the um andor the star wars andor Mm -hmm. show is very mature and but not in dark but and not because of the violence or anything kids can handle that kids will watch that and be like oh okay yeah what makes it mature in my opinion and dark in my opinion is the bureaucracy (laughs) yeah because when i was watching it i was like Wait, what's happening? Like, <laughs> wait, hold on a second. I got to go back because I don't understand what's actually happening. And then I had to think about it. I was like, oh, I know this. But then I had to go to a place a place of maturity. Oh, I know about tax laws. Oh, I know about, like, subterfuge in that mm. regard and everything like that. I know about how, like, you know, resistances and everything and how money has to be, you have to, you know, 
people have to have money to do this, to do that. It just doesn't appear. And I'm like, oh, this is what makes this show mature. The fact they're explaining how this wor world, I mean, how this war works, which kids might not get. Not because it's, like, too violent, but because they're like, I don't understand what's going on. Sure. You know, famously, people talking about, like, oh, Star Wars Episode One. can't wait for more scenes about trade route disputes. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. That's exactly Here, it. Here's a distinction. Like, I think that, like, I don't think that this is the heart of it, but part of what you're objecting to is people interchangeably using the same word to mean, like, there is quote unquote mature content, which is violence, drugs, swearing, whatever you want to to, to mm -hmm. lump under that umbrella, being lumped under the same category as like presenting a more complicated world. And oh. we can like present yeah. a more complicated world to children. We don't have to have a world yeah. that's absolutely black and white, good guys and bad guys, love conquers all. Everything yeah. is simple do the right thing. Yeah. You know, the world can be more complicated than that in our fiction. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's a person who will round that down into uh, just calling it like some kind of catch all, you know, maturity uh, mm -hmm. that I don't think is necessarily useful for this discussion. I would not want mortal combat and I don't know, Disco Elysium to be talked about in the same breath because they're both adult works of fiction. It's like, yeah, well, one yeah. is about uppercutting someone so hard that their spine ejects, and the other one is about <laughs> the compromises that we make with ourselves and how we can't live up to our own ambitions, but also how there's still time and you can change who you are if you want to be. And it's just like one of those is, you know, mature and the other one is simply graphic mm -hmm. yeah so if you want to watch the brave little toaster and be like that clown was fucked up like yes you are correct <laughs> i mean not even not even the clown just the i mean the air, the <laughs> air conditioner dying. everybody goes to the <laughs> yeah or just the idea of you know at the end of the spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but it's been like <laughs> 84 years. I like that we gave a spoiler uh, alert yeah, for brave... this compared to some of the things that we haven't given hey, a spoiler alert I love for. to say that. I love to say that because it's like, <laughs> it's like, because then people just like, it, it's an automatic like uh, eye roller. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why would you say spoiler alert? Because I want to and you need to be, and I, because it's wanna... funny. It's for the Yeah, bit. it's funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Brave Little Toaster definitely, you know, sacrifices himself at the end to save his human owner and whatnot yeah and yeah it's kind of really traumatic because you don't in my opinion what i thought and this was as a kid i thought the toaster died and you wouldn't see him anymore yep. i didn't think that the 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 guy was gonna be like where am i gonna find another toaster like this <laughs> and he fixes it and i'm like how do you fix that man how do you fix it's that? encased in metal <laughs> you don't fix yeah. that but you know, and I was like, oh, it it, it kind of cheapened the blow as a kid. It cheapened the blow for mm -hmm. me. But still, I still enjoy that. I mean, but that's the thing is we think that kids would. Um, well, well, let's go from this to what? what's the uh, second question? Because I think 
it kind of ties into what I'm about to say now is what what are people expecting kids to react to or to enjoy or not enjoy when it when they're talking about like dark themes and whatever that that kind of content um what do you think they can handle and i think as somebody who taught kids for a while kids aren't stupid no that's the thing there's a difference between you know intelligence and maturity especially when it comes to like emotional maturity and stuff that kids just wouldn't go through unless it's by cer- certain circum- circumstances. But most of the time, and I'm talking most of the time as in 99% of the time, kids aren't stupid. They're like, uh, yeah, they can pick up things that adults can't like real quick. Mm-hmm. They Kids are the biggest bullshit detectors. In the, They're you, very good you, at detecting sincerity. A, oh, yeah, extremely good. And so they're like, yeah, okay. So, but that just means that kids are very, like, I think children, I've been told this, and I had some experience with this too, is uh, children's theater mm-hmm. is one of your, the toughest crowds you will ever have in your life. <laughs> if you are a theater nerd or something like that, they don't put up with it. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you, they're like, nah, <laughs> they'll, <laughs> they'll be absolutely not into it if you suck. Oh, yeah. So... They're not going to be polite. You know, oh, no, they won't. I, I've had that. I've done puppets before. <laughs> <laughs> Puppet children theater. Yeah. But at the same time, they it's about understanding what they're watching, too, because that's another thing that they can check out from. Like, they'll just be like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Going back to like the Star Wars, you know, episode one thing. I remember when that came out, when we were young lads and whatnot and i checked out i i remember i'm like i don't know what was going on just get to the fighting get to the the pod racing which was the coolest thing back then (laughs) i'll admit it it was the cool thing (laughs) it was cool i I don't know if that holds up to me (laughs) these days but oh it doesn't back in the day it doesn't hold up but yeah back it doesn't hold up but back in the day i was like yeah pod racing (laughs) let's go (laughs) so you know, but that just shows me, like, I understood enough. Like, and kids understand enough. So, you know, that whole thing of, okay, going into, you know, giving throwing the ball to you of who do you think is doing a good job with uh, handling these kinds of, you know, situations? Who do you think is not doing a good job? What good, uh, we're going into the example uh you know the general example uh, part of the podcast sure uh as a fun extra challenge uh just because we do want to talk about pinocchio i will stay exclusively in the realm of stop motion animation Ooh. for the next uh uh following examples i do enjoy that i do one enjoy of the best, that one of the best uh of the last i don't know the modern era uh, Coraline. I, I, I was getting ready to say. I was. Get, I knew you were gonna say that shit. You gotta say it. Gotta say it. <laughs> Coraline is probably still the goat in terms of that uh, medium. It's basically like, uh, hey, children, here's your first Silent Hill. Uh, it's great. It is. It is very creepy. It is very. Um, but it's. It takes it to that level of kids still like this, and kids still can yeah. handle this. It wants to walk uh, up to the line of horror. Like, it mm-hmm. is 
you know, it, it is horror for kids. Like, it's not the scariest thing in the world, but, like, for kids, it, it can be pretty intense. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I think it succeeds really well. Um, not just because, like, I think it's a, a pretty darn good movie, um, but also because it's got a lot of heart and it's got, like, a perspective on things. And this is, like, really kind of a common theme with what makes a lot of this stuff work. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Coraline is a movie about family and what we're, what we owe each other and what we're willing to do for each other. And so, yeah, like there's darkness and there's scary stuff that's going on, but like Coraline is very clearly like a hero in this situation because she is facing these fears anyways, you know, mm -hmm. damn good stuff. Who is doing it less well? Um, I think that Wes Anderson's uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I love that. Not a dark movie. Um, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, much weirder movie. Ooh. Darker themes without, like, dwelling in the darkness, but mm -hmm. it's trying to be, like, a mature and kind of adult. I don't mm -hmm. think that movie works really well. Like, it feels... And part of it is because it just feels unfocused and, like, it doesn't particularly have a perspective. Um, but then also like when it does dabble into either let's, let's call it a broader umbrella of maturity where, which both includes, you know, some themes of darkness with like, you know, what the stakes of the movies are and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the persistent threat of violence against animals, mm -hmm. uh, combined with like a lot of politics stuff. Yeah. And it's not, a kid's movie per se, but like it is skewing younger than a lot of Wes Anderson's other stuff does. And it doesn't feel terribly approachable. It doesn't feel terribly relatable. So um, I don't think that's a, a, a very good example. That's actually really like a really interesting uh, example you gave because I didn't even think about that. But the, the more I think about it, the more I enjoyed that. Mm. But I don't think of... I don't think that was for me or aimed at me, but I enjoyed it more, if that makes any sense. Mm. So it's like, I guess the, what is it, market, marketability with that, sure. with that film was off because it did have, it's, it's a cute movie about a boy and his dog. However, from what you said and, you know, from what I remember, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is, this is like way beyond, this is way beyond that. Like you guys are talking about stuff that's like, I don't think kids are at this point in life yet. <laughs> yeah, like a lot. I would be surprised if the majority of kids and again, kids are smart. Kids are invested. Yeah. They are able to 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 follow along. relate to this stuff. Yeah, I don't think that the plot is particularly relatable. Yeah, and even if they were able to follow it, I don't know how invested they would be with with something like this. Yeah, and I and I completely can see that too. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a that's a really that's surprisingly really good uh, because the more I think about it, what else is new? The more I'm like, oh, Coraline is still good. Coraline is still like Coraline the best. Is great. It's still it's the best. So it's, good. it's tight. That's what I'm thinking about. It's tight. Yeah. Everything in that in that movie has a purpose. It's tight. It but it's not boring. It, when it meanders, it meanders on purpose. 
for a reason and everything like that. The more I think about it, I'm like, wow. No wonder everybody compares like the stop motion <laughs> stuff to that movie. It always goes back to the first one. I think and that, mind you, that's not the like the first first one, obviously, but I think that all of Laika's movies are are like I don't love the scripts in them necessarily. They always feel like slightly <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. In you a said, way, yeah, you're sounding like me because they all turn into uh, uh, a three part fetch quest at the end, which is bizarre, but it keeps happening over and over. I mean, I can't, it's technically easy, so I know. Um, but I think Coraline is still probably my favorite of the Leica output, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's really successful in being like a children's movie and a horror movie, uh, like as an introduction to like horror media like it's hard for me to think of something better for kids uh if you want to get fun spooked Coraline all the way yeah yeah it's it, it is definitely one of those things and they do and not only that but this because we're talking about like themes and storytelling here but also the movie just looks really good it looks <laughs> amazing and the, and the the style of the movie is very good um like it takes itself seriously but at the same time yeah. you have a character like the cat who is just like okay i see what you're doing i like it i enjoy this and yeah. i was like ah, oh, all right all tons right. of charisma tons of personality like just in like how strange and diverse the whole cast is even the, um, down to the music even down to the music love the music shout out to bruno Calais. uh yeah probably my he, favorite he consist- of his output yeah he consistently kills it too though like, yeah, does good work. Yeah, so yeah, that's a recommendation for. Totally. I, I mean, that's a recommendation for everybody. When we talk, when we're talking kids, we're talking like ages, you know, like not super little, maybe like okay. seven years old. When to, I talk about kids, yeah. I'm talking about children who are old enough to be sentient, because. <laughs> Below a certain age, they're just kind of like an amorphous jellyfish, just like vibing on whatever. But then at a certain point, the switch flips and it's like, oh, you're a little person. Look at you. Well, you you saw that. You saw that. Like, what is it? That what is it? TikTok video or something where it's a five year old who's playing like with the blocks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they just become like aware. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yep. where are we? Where am I? What's going on? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Existence. And then the, yeah, and then there's like, you know, all kinds of other kids around them, and they're just like, yay, blocks! He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then the teacher comes by, <laughs> and it's like, okay, guys, it's time for a nap. What's a nap? What's the, what is all this? I'm having an existential crisis. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, obviously, w- exaggeration, it's much slower. But still, it's funny to think about that, where it's the light switches. <laughs> like... A flip, I mean, a switch flips, excuse me, a yeah. switch flips, and all of a sudden, it's just like, your eyes are just like, oh, I'm taking LSD from life! <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, it usually happens somewhere between, like, five and seven, and then it's just like, oh, you're a little person. Like, cool. Now we can yeah. start doing stuff. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Just random stuff, like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like drugs. Smoke this, man. <laughs> Smoke this shit. <laughs> Dad, it's, I don't know what this is. It's cilantro. <laughs> it's yeah. good for you. <laughs> oh man, you don't want to do that. 
<laughs> We're starting on a gateway herb. <laughs> oh, that's not even a gateway herb at this point. Like some adults do that, and they're just like laying on the floor, like in their own like saliva, just rolling around. Like what the what the hell happened to you? My man got into the cilantros. No, it, it's <laughs> maybe it's not cilantro. It's some type of like actual herb. Oh, I'm just doing like, a bit. I was just like, no, it'd be it's, funny that's to real, smoke. dude. That's real, dude. That's Whatever. Real. It's real, dude. Look, I can't deal with uh, an adult human who chooses to smoke cilantro. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> hey, it's 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 not stupid if you do it and it's like, oh, this is actually not bad. Actually, so. actually it is stupid. <laughs> so uh, now that we got that out of the way. Anyways, right. I wanted to uh, pivot to talking about um, Henry Selleck's latest film. Wendell oh, and Wilde. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I also that. watched the other day. Uh, that movie, I also do not think lands its dark themes. And mm-hmm. again, I think that's due to it just being kind of a confused movie in general. It's unfocused. Yeah. It's really a strange movie. So, I mean, this is a, a new movie, so I'll avoid going into spoilers. But, like, the rules of the world feel like they're built on quicksand. It's like more like, you know, oh, this is this is happening now. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people have complained about that with like Inception, where it's like, oh, the rules keep changing as you watch it. It, it feels like that, uh, which is yeah. frustrating. But then there's also themes of like bringing the dead back to life. We got like several homicides that are yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's all played off like real light and breezy. And some of the characters yeah. are are, you know, affected by it. You know, our main character is uh, uh, haunted by her past and by the deaths of her parents, which happens almost immediately. That's not a spoiler. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it necessarily uh, lands the pathos and earns like it, it it dresses its darkness up in bubblegum so it doesn't feel scary or mm-hmm. well what i would say i i know what you're talking about i actually know exactly what you're talking about because i felt the same way now mind you i really enjoy that movie but for different reasons not necessarily yeah. i felt the story was once it was all said and done i thought about it and i was like eh, the story was okay because of that it, it, I felt like it was less about the dress and more about the consequences because yeah. it, like you said, it didn't feel earned. A lot of that's like the stuff of, I'm like, it felt like it should have been more like there should have been an actual consequence consequence, or at least emotional consequence to a lot of the stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of the stuff should have had more of an emotional consequence in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know what they were going for. Like it was just very, Part you of know. it is that it's it's just very broad. Like, mm-hmm. the villains feel like they're out of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Like, they're very... Not gonna lie, I enjoyed the silly. villains, but because they're big and silly... Now, yeah. mind you, I don't know that if that was the intent, but I thought it was funny because they were so goofy. Like, but... it's not necessarily bad, but if you want, like, a villainous monologue of, like, you're evil, and then they go, yes, you're correct, <laughs> yeah. we are! Like... Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna recommend Speed Racer over Wendell and Wild if you want that <laughs> moment. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, they're two different films, but at the same time, you're not wrong. You are How do you want to be not... a real racer, Speed? 
<laughs> He's not going to even finish the race. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> I've been saying this for years. I will continue mm. to slap oh. anybody down and say, oh, I've, I've been this way for... No, no, you have not. I had it on my flash drive and I watched it all the time. And everybody was like, why are you watching that movie? I'm like, because it's awesome. <laughs> it's the most delicious ham. The sweetest honey <laughs> it's ham. The, it's so mm. good. Mm. It's so good ham. Mm. Yeah, but so yeah. Uh, Wendell and Wilde recently, like, really, um, like, I, I enjoy that movie in spite of itself. Like, it mm -hmm. looks amazing, very charismatic performances, uh, yeah. but, like, very uneven, and its tone feels really bizarre and kind of all over the place. Uh, unlike the almost perfect tight wire act that was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, man. Man. Th uh, it was... I mean, now, mind you, he spent, like, ten years on it, so... <laughs> sure, let's, sure. Let's throw... He put in the work. He's been wanting to make this for, like, years, and he adamantly says that all the time is, no, yeah. I wanted this, and they finally gave it to me, and then I was like, yeah, I put my foot in it, and I put my all into this, and he's like, mm -hmm. this is my... This is my interpretation of my film and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like... And then when I watched it, um, I was so surprised, but not surprised at all, because I was like, this feels like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't feel like he's just doing an adaptation. It feels like he actually made this up. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> feel he, yeah. like, like it's a simple adaptation, and yeah. it doesn't feel like it's... Uh, you know, a director slumming it for a children's movie. This Thank is you. so clearly a Thank passion you. project for him. Yes. So many, like, I, this is what I, I'm gushing a little bit. This is the time to gush, but um, this is one of the reasons why he is one of my, Guillermo del Toro is one of my all-time favorite directors, for me personally, is because Same. he does, he knows, first, he knows how to, make films he knows how to make good stuff mm. he is very adamant about you know i you know he has an eclectic you know uh information deck that he can pull from however he makes shit that he likes to make things about he yeah. loves monsters every movie that he makes is about has a monster in it like a yeah. practical monster in it even if it's a simple movie like um what you get what you call it the uh the shape of water it is literally Beauty and the Beast, but it's cool. Yep, and it's and it's concise. I enjoy that movie. Um, that movie's great. Um, uh, if if so, for uh, again, we're going to go light on spoilers for the new Pinocchio. Yes, uh, but let's just say <sighs> if you liked the Angel of Death from Hellboy Two, mm, boy. which you do because it objectively <laughs> yeah, it's, fucking it's awesome. slaps. <laughs> it's um, awesome. <laughs> you will like the fairies in Pinocchio. Oh, thank you. And he does, and he's a su such a good creative, like, good creative, like, I expect it from him. This is why I like a lot of his stuff, is because yeah. it's very visceral, yet, you know, uh, oh, man, I don't want to say, like, down to earth, because that doesn't make any sense, but it's more... It's like there is a tangible quality to what yes. he does. It feels like there's a verisimilitude. Yes. There's a feeling that like the things that he have belong 
which you often don't get with like movie monsters. A lot well, of especially times, a lot of fantasy stuff that he just loves to do. Yeah. Fantasy has a big problem with that when people try to do that, or do it, have that kind of aesthetic and do it well anyway, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, we're just in agreement that like he is one of the best in the business for just like making making the uh, larger than life feel natural, feel like it belongs. And also um, making it count. Because and making it count, because yeah. a lot of things, and I know CG isn't the enemy here, but um, a lot, especially a lot of fantasy, a lot of sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. relies on CG for not only spectacle but menace. And yeah. sometimes it works, a lot of the times it doesn't. He does larger than life stuff, like not only is it just practical, but I think a big thing about, um. Uh, let's go back to an original where I think it's still probably his best work to date um, is Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the menace in that movie, because here's the thing. Not that a is children's also, movie. Yeah, it's not a children's movie, but <laughs> but it is surrounded with children's themes. Well, it's not a Child children's theme. movie, yeah, but it yeah. is a fairy tale. It is. Yes. It is a, a, an adult fairy tale. Yes, and I think I think it is expertly done because of the menace in that movie. Um yeah. so many things that would and this is why like everybody doesn't like the the the, the hand pale guy. man. Yeah, the pale man. Oh, because incredible. He's literally just a guy that's just creepy. I mean, not a guy, but it's a monster that's creepy, but it's the menace that it exudes. From, it's not even like a giant monster or anything like that. And part of that is the performance because, uh, you know, Toby Jones is not Toby Jones. It's not Toby. That's <laughs> uh, wrong. They're all Doug Jones. Yeah, Doug Jones. Every Doug monster jo- is Doug Jones. And Doug Jones is like phenomenal. Uh, yeah. To this day, he is phenomenal. <laughs> we were we were watching uh, the fourth season of What We Do in the Shadows, and there is a heavily prosthetic character called the master who's like a very nosferatu kind of like oh yeah ah, ancient vampire and in season four they uh resurrect him back to his youthful state and it's just <laughs> doug jones in like a foppish outfit and i'm like oh of course it was doug jones <laughs> of course it, yeah obviously that's hilarious and awesome <laughs> and at his age he's still he still got it oh he's yeah. still got it so he's the master yeah and uh, like it, I just think it's very well, but for let's circle circling back to Pinocchio, there's the same type of menace in like a lot of the characters, not just the monster characters, but a lot yeah. of the characters oh, yeah. have the same type of menace. And I'm like, thank you. He's getting the tone right where it's not over the top scary, like, you know, like I'm going back to dark. But it is definitely one of those things where it's like a kid will be like, I don't like that guy or yeah. that's but that's how you're supposed to feel. It's not supposed to be like overblown. He gets it. He gets it just right. And I felt that the entire film was like that. The entire movie was this is just right. This is just right. Even mind you, I didn't even know this about the film. It's a musical. 
It has musical it numbers. It is in a it. musical. It's got a half dozen musical numbers, none of which I think are particularly standout. But... Oh, really? I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I'm. I actually, for me being surprised about it, I was like, "Oh, this is. This actually isn't bad. I actually like them." So yeah. yeah. But I'm just surprised by that that they even fit into the. They fit into the the story. They fit into the world. Yeah. It's it's very natural. And I don't I don't know I well I do know I I just enjoy the movie a lot and I do, and I think it is a very good example of you know not talking down to kids because they don't need that but at the same no. time being like this is a little like and I I think going into what he was saying before in like an interview or something Guillermo del Toro said it's a family film watch it with your kids. And when yeah. things happen that they don't understand, talk to your kids about it. And like that's such a big thing in yeah. this whole discussion is that like, yeah, uh, the, I find one of the, the the hollowest arguments of just like anything, you know, the, mm -hmm. uh, your your typical reactionary just being like something is here that exists, and. I'm going to have to explain it to my kids. What am I going to say to them? And it's like, you explain things to your kids every single day. This is not any different. And it's not any more complicated. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. If you want the world to just be simple and for them to be able to live in ignorance, like that's a bad thing to want. And it's never going to work because the world is more complicated than well, that. All you have to do is say the world is. Yeah. You could leave it at that. The world is. The world is, whether you want it to or not. And yep. it does not and exist for your approval. I'm sorry, but uh, to not I'm, I'm not sorry to you <laughs> specifically, Adam. You were preaching. But I, I'm going to say uh, I'm sorry. But whether you like it or not, your kids are going to get a rude awakening. It's just a yeah. matter. Of, even if you tell them everything. Even if you tell them everything, they're still going to get surprises because that's what happens. This is what happens. Like life does this. So how it's just about you less, less, lessening the blow, basically. Yeah. Like there's a difference between telling someone something and them understanding it. Mm -hmm. um, but also you can just tell people things and you can you can help them to understand and you can guide them. You can you can start them on that path to understanding. Yeah. And yeah. So I think at this point, I'm going to declare full spoilers for uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pino oh, OK. Um, so I didn't know we were any, even going there. in the audience who is uh, sensitive to that. Um, get the hell out of here. Stop the, maybe stop it now. Get out <laughs> of here. Get the hell out of here. Get um, out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more specific. Thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> Tune in next week for another one. This is my podcast. <laughs> I declare a state of emergency. <clears throat> I declare spoilers. <laughs> okay, so getting back to uh, Pinocchio. Start off easy spoilers uh, um like first of all the discussion of maturity and like mature themes and how it works in there i think that del toro's pinocchio is a very mature work i think it is hmm. somber and reflective and honest and it has heart and it is about stuff 
I mean, that's a, that's a, most of his films, but Correct. this is particular. We're aiming. We're he's kind of aiming this time. He's aiming yeah. at a more broader audience, and that is of note. And, and yeah, basically. you know, I think I think that's true for all of his works. Like dating back to his very first film, Kronos. Like that movie mm-hmm. has a lot of heart for being ostensibly a kind of dumb vampire movie. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that that movie is affecting and like really yep. good. Like what a, what a debut. Um, but for this one, I want to bring special attention to the calculated, specific, intentional use of immaturity where there is a song that is uh, Pinocchio is part of the sideshow where he's doing his song and dance routine for the audience. And this story takes place in fascist Italy under Mussolini. Mm-hmm. And he oh, is singing a propaganda song. We're going straight to that scene. He's singing a propaganda song in favor of the regime because that's his job. That's what he's told to yep. do. Well, now we get later in and he becomes rebellious. He doesn't want to, to just blindly follow whatever. Well, for, for good reason, too. He is not being paid. Yeah. Like he's not being paid. He's not his being, money is not being sent to his father. More importantly, yeah, he he because here's the here's the biggest thing. One of the biggest things about this mm-hmm. is Pinocchio is still Pinocchio. They don't make him something else. Like he is still if you've seen the old school Disney Pinocchio, mm-hmm. it's still that character. It's yeah. still a very naive, upbeat Positive character. He was yep. born yesterday, doesn't know anything, but like wants to be good. Yes. And just doesn't know how. Yes, exactly. That That is a really that's you, spot on. Mm-hmm. So. And but instead of just putting very light, very easy to answer questions in front of him for him yeah. to be like, oh, obviously you picked question like door b <laughs> that's easy yeah. uh guillermo del toro does something that a lot of um media like this doesn't like to do and puts hard questions in front of this kid because it, it's essentially yeah. a kid and says okay what are you gonna do about this and has the kid answer as a kid <laughs> not as an adult not as a oh that's not what i would do he says Wait a minute, this isn't fair. <laughs> like as any kid would do. In many ways, the story of Pinocchio is like the wisdom of ignorance, where mm-hmm. he doesn't know how the world works, and so he's able to just like cut through and just be like, Oh no, this is bad and you're bad. And yeah. I don't want to work for you because obviously. Um where but he is put into a very complicated situation where he like feels trapped in it. Anyways, mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to, to talk about is that a lot of <laughs> Sorry, children's media. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, I mean, like, I, I, I think it's a really rich and interesting to talk about. Um, but a lot of children's media, when it's just like, ah, we're going to throw something in for the adults. It's like, oh, we'll do a Godfather reference or something. And it's just like, yeah, that'll that'll keep them lazy. But for the kids, lazy. we're going to have a character who farts when he runs. And then we'll make him run. Yeah. And then he farts. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> Pinocchio, like, largely abstains from either of those uh, extremes and instead very intentionally and specifically uh, uh, uses, like, weaponized 
uh, uh, immaturity because when mm-hmm. Pinocchio decides that he doesn't want to sing the pro-fascist song, he gets he up on it... stage and he makes it <laughs> about how Mussolini poops his pants. <laughs> uh, and it's amazing. It's great. Oh, yeah. I He, like, that scene specifically almost caught me off guard because mm-hmm. I was like, they ain't going to go that far. Wow. He just didn't give a shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. All right. Now, mind you, there's consequences to that, but this is mm-hmm. also Pinocchio. And that's what's so much of a fairy tale like thing this is. And it's so interesting to me that they he did this. And I was like, oh, man, just the cycle. Like, if we're going to talk spoilers, the cycle of Pinocchio is so yep. interesting to me. And I was like, that's so cool. It's great. It's so it's so cool. And I'm and I'm glad that they put limitations on it because they could have easily said, oh, just do whatever he wants i'm like no each time he dies because pinocchio does die yeah but he never stays dead yeah but he never stays dead but each time he dies it takes longer to come back for his consciousness to come back to the wooden like to his wooden spot yeah so but that's so cool that it's like you know it i mean we're not we're not even getting into like the whole hitler like hitler youth uh part of you know, yeah. the, the which is super crazy to me that they even went there. I was like, wow, he just he's going full on. No, shit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and and it and sucks the- for the kids. But the, and the kids understand, but the kids don't understand. And, you know. And what I like about I mean, what I like about most of this movie is the idea that this war sucks on multiple levels for everyone um there's nobody at the top there's nobody who's untouched by this everybody has a problem everybody is touched by this yeah in in from the very beginning everyone loses yeah from the very beginning they say this which is good that's a big theme i i'm I guessing in the movie is every yeah like you said war, in war everybody loses from the very start of the movie so yeah. and, and, and I've talked about how much I like that theme in uh arcane as well oh yeah like yeah that is a show about you know what leads to war what leads to conflict what leads to all these things and it's just like everyone loses all the time. Like, yeah, there, there's no winners when things get to this point. Yeah. Um, it's just tragedy. And yeah, I, I yeah. think it's, again, cool and brave and mature of mm-hmm. this movie to to deal with that kind of stuff without being super excessive, but also without holding back something for the sake of the kids. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's pandering. It doesn't feel like it's trying to... Like, giving it such defined time and place is a really interesting choice to me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the contrast is with the other Disney Pinocchio. It's the year of Pinocchio, folks. Pinocchio has never been hotter. Uh, I was going mm-hmm. to make a joke about, like, you know, Pinocchio dies and comes back. And while I was watching the movie, I was just like, oh, he's a Souls protagonist. That's funny. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God, they're literally making this video game. Lies yeah. of P coming out Q3 2023. It is. I didn't even think about that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I know, right? 
Uh, it is the year of Pinocchio. It is the year of Pinocchio. Uh, that game looks fun as hell. I will play it. It does. It does. It, it does good. look fun as hell. <laughs> it does but, look fun as hell. But like, um, like it is. I I think this movie is mature and dark in a way that like uses it effectively and to a point. And that's really a, a big part of what I need from media that is going to choose to do this is that it needs mm. to be done towards a purpose. If it's edgy for the sake of edginess, if it's dark for the sake of darkness, if it's uh, uh, showing suffering without a, a larger purpose, um, then that's a bummer to me and I don't like it as much. Here, Here's a minor... Yeah. detail again we're past the spoiler wall of whatever guess what we're also past the spoiler wall for wendell and wild that's fine there is um one of the the side characters is revealed fairly early on to be trans but it's mm -hmm. done really clumsily and ineffectively because like their transness never comes up it's never really a part of their character and the only way that it's expressed is by people dead naming them or by mm -hmm. people like failing to acknowledge, you know, yeah. remember, like, oh, sorry, I slipped up and I called you the wrong name, uh, or or made a, a sloppy reference, and it's just like, I don't think that's good representation. Like, I'm glad that there's a trans character, cool, but like, is this the best way to express it? Like, you know, it's kind of similar to the mm -hmm. the thing where we've talked about. Uh, about oh i want to make uh, uh an adventure story and it's going to be a black family and they're going to go on adventures and it's just like oh and then there's time travel and it's going to be about racism right and it's like no what why are you why would no. you do that yeah <laughs> i'm just I'm, I'm just doing it it's, 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 that's not related like stop trying to make it about that mm -hmm. um i don't like that they that they did that necessarily uh i feel like there's um, a better way to handle it and, and I, it just also wasn't to a purpose yeah um Okay, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I I didn't want to uh, interrupt you cuz um I do agree with you to a point. Mm. Um in regards to that specific uh character basically cuz I actually really like that character. Yeah. But at the same time cuz it didn't upset me that it's like I don't think this is bad representation. But I don't think this is necessarily good representation either. It's kind of like in the middle of the road because I'm like, it seems like you don't have a lot to do. You should have more yeah. to do. Yeah. And and that and that's why how, how I saw it basically because I was like, oh, I mean, because I understand the uh, all the points that you've made, but me in terms of adding to the story, like you said, purpose because I'm a big advocate of that. It's been like you've known this is where my you know, attitude towards that has gotten sharper. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you started it <laughs> when we became friends is because you've always had that, but I didn't have that nearly as much. Cause I was like, nah, I'm just going to watch this cause it's cool. And mind you, I yeah. still do that to this day, but it is a lot more sharper where my tolerance is a lot lower in accordance to not tolerance, but my, attention span that's a good way of putting it my attention mm. span is like okay what is in here to make me care <laughs> yeah and i may not say that outright but i am always looking because if i find myself wandering off in my head i'm like uh oh that's a that's a pain point 
Where did that start? And then I start going into the analytics of, okay, where is where is this story failing to reach me? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just for me, obviously, but this can be broadened out to like a wider audience or something like that. But I uh, agree with you that I am not a big fan of that either. So, and Wendell and Wild has a couple of things like that. It's, that's just one out of like maybe eight. So in my that, opinion, that movie is trying kind of stuff, so. very hard to be very diverse. All in, yeah, very diverse and inclusive. Like it does succeed. Um, but like, I think far more successful is like, there's a native American character who's just a minor character who just exists in the world and just is awesome. part of it. And, and she's only, she's, and she's only there for like two seconds too. It's, it's not even in that long. She just exists and is part of the world. And the, the town that they're in is consistently shown to be diverse and accepting yeah. of the differences. All that stuff is cool. I just want them to have a little bit more to do. Like, I mm-hmm. feel the, similarly to in Paranorman, like there's the big hunky jock brother who's, mm. uh, who's revealed gay. as gay at the end, but it's just it's... used as a punchline. Yeah. I don't like that it's just a punchline. And a lot of people don't. And I've heard that similarly with from a lot of people. And what's funny about that is, I mean, that, not specifically that. I'm not saying that's, you know, oh, my goodness. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I really enjoyed that character because it's at, he's actually hilarious. <laughs> Look, I love being a good like, himbo, you know. Yeah. Be a big, strong, I mean, dumb person. That's like, but that's here, a fun archetype. It, it, but at the same time, he didn't really slow anybody down, which is what I enjoyed about him. He mm-hmm. was actually useful. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. see, you can do it like that. It doesn't have to be the, you know, if they're a himbo, they're stupid. Like, it's automatically like, oh, why are they around type thing? No, he had a purpose, which was funny. I mean, now, mind you, like, they had the throwaway thing in there. I mean, I could have I could have called it, but they had to throw in there. He's like, oh, no, I'm my boyfriend. I'm like at the very end. And I guess that was yeah, like you said, that was a punchline for the sister. Yeah. But um, I think that's to a lesser degree. I mean, uh, the, I think it is because like, you know, he, he gets to be a character and he gets to be participatory and have yeah. agency and stuff. So like he's a character first and foremost. I just didn't like it being used as a punchline mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that like uh, uh, Raul is the name of the character in uh, mm-hmm. Wendell and Wild. Like Raul gets to be a character first and foremost. <sighs> doesn't have that much to do. Doesn't yeah. have that much agency. Mostly yeah. he's just getting dragged along. Um and then, yeah, like the the revelation of their transness is just like kind. It's not a punchline, but it's just it, it kind of has a similar cadence. And I mean, you could I don't know if people certain pe- different people might take that differently. Um, this is our opinions, but somebody else that might not get anything might be like, you know what? That's a win. I'll take that. They're not doing anything stupid. Yeah, they're not yeah. doing anything, you know you know, idiotic or something, not dragging anybody down. They're actually useful. They're, they're still kind of, you know, front and center. They're not hiding it, um, which is a big thing. They're not really hiding it. They're just not emphasizing different aspects of like the trans community, which to like, I guess, to be fair, you don't have every trans character doesn't have to have a full 
thing about them. At the same time, they have to be a full, fully fleshed character that some people can use. If you don't want to, if you, because if they're not doing anything, if they're just there, if they're yeah. just a character, then why would you have them in the first place? That's, I guess, a lot of the uh, big reasoning with that. So now I have no idea how this, the production of Wendell and Wild went either. I don't know who was like in the writing room or something like that. And that's when I wish that I, I don't know if the studios were harping on certain things or they had a time limit. I don't know. I have no idea. But um, that's one thing that when you watch things like this um, that you're hopeful for because I see that because, I mean, here's from my perspective anyway. And I'm not – I don't want to take away from anybody's from anybody's enjoyment or anybody's, you know – harps or concerns about that kind of things or those kind of things. But I know when I watched it, I was just happy to see a black girl front and center in a, in a many black people in the, in the forefront of the story. There wasn't a lot of characters. Let's be clear. There's not a lot of characters at all, but there's actually a black family. There's black girl. She's the main character. There's an older black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, and stuff like that. And there's like a mixed kid um, who uh, like the blonde, the blonde girl who actually yeah. was like, wow, they actually she that impressed me that she actually had a turnaround and was like, nah, nah, you know, mom and dad, you guys are actually nuts. <laughs> and I was like, wow, who knew an actual arc? I mean, she wasn't even evil in the first place. She was just like super ignorant. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's like my objection to to her character is just that she yeah she she wasn't bad to begin with so her face turn doesn't really do a whole lot like she was always yeah. trying to be good but I but I like the fact that she did that she actually thought about it I mean yeah it wasn't like a huge you don't need a huge arc but I like the fact that they acknowledge yeah uh, like they gave this kid actually like a brain and said yeah this isn't right mom dad. So I'm mm. going to just be over here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that's that's actually a pretty big thing. And it, I, I don't want to say it was like a huge, like a like a quick turn. I mean, it was it was pretty quick, but I kind of like that it wasn't it didn't take like a huge amount of racking her brain. What do I do? What do I yeah. do? Well, I don't want to go. The story isn't against... about her, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and that's so, a, and that's a thing too. So the point is like uh, that. It's like I think that films are able to to use all this stuff like very specifically and very intentionally to a greater purpose, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm always looking for. If I wanted to identify one thing that makes like quote-unquote darkness or mature themes in children's media work it's that larger purpose it's having something higher that it's aspiring Mm -hmm. to rather than just including something for the sake of it yes um which i don't think often happens in children's movies you know i think that if you're going to have uh i i think immaturity uh uh in talking down to the audience Mm -hmm. is more common uh just well, in, it sells in... faster unfortunately 
does it though? Like the, it, the, the, the sales people say it does, but similar to the well, wi- the conventional wisdom of sex sells, I'm not sure if the data well, actually supports that. He, well, here here's the thing. It's starting to not support mm. that anymore because, you know, despite popular belief, the general audience is actually getting smarter about, you know, and pickier about their content. Like across the board, kids, adults, young teenagers, like everybody, you know, the entire community, which means the entire world who watches movies, I don't care what community you're from, you you engage in this stuff. You engage in TV and, you know, it, it goes by people don't like being, feeling, I guess, like cheated almost. Um, I, I use, uh, the, one of the biggest examples to me is Game of Thrones where everybody was into it until like the last, like one or two seasons, the general audience, not just nerds, the general audience was like, nah, man, this is some bullshit. (laughs) So they, they got it. They're like, no, this is lazy. This is not good. So it's not like that. So it's just that. A lot more content is being at higher quality across the board, too, because we not it's not just about the art house stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about everything. You got blockbusters out there, which are, you know, s- stuff that I've been wanting to make. That was what I aspired to when I was in school, especially, is making those big things, but making them smart. And I'm so happy to see some of these directors like uh, Denis Villeneuve and Guillermo del Toro in... You know, like some of these other directors that make blockbuster films, but like actually good. Um, like Denis Villeneuve is a big example of that because I love a lot of his movies. Um, yeah. But a lot of his movies are very slow. Mm. But I enjoy that because it is still you can still have slower stories, but grant, but they can still be grand. For example, Arrival. Um uh, you've seen Arrival, haven't you? I know you've seen Arrival. Yes, I have. I think Arrival is brilliant. <laughs> I think Arrival is brilliant because it has a quiet intensity that I have not seen in many movies at all. Mm-hmm. That movie is intense, but it is also very quiet. Um, watch that movie, and it's just like it's tension, like everywhere, and I'm yeah. like, but at the same time, there's like, <laughs> it's the tension of having to finish your homework. Or else the earth dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's like the work they're doing is like fairly mundane, but like the stakes are so high on it, which is a, yeah. a, a really interesting combination. And I, I really enjoy that. I, a lot of his movies are like that because uh, another movie that I really, really, really liked when I saw it was uh, um, Blade Runner 2049. Uh yep. I love that movie. I love the noir style of it. I love the pacing of it. I think it's great. A lot of people, when it came out, was like, ew. <laughs> we finally hooked up our sound system after two years of living in the new house. <laughs> and one oh, of the first... Oh, so you, you're having house parties now. Yes, let's go. <laughs> uh, yes, actually. We're, we're finally doing some game nights again, which is great. See? See? Um, but uh, we do have the Blade Runner 2049 album on vinyl and having the subwoofer hooked up properly is just like oh, yeah mm. 
that's that's what I like to feel. As I'm good it's stuff. <laughs> it's like when we were talking about uh, Doom when Doom came out. Yep. And how I saw that in IMAX. So yes. Um. Oh yeah, you saw it in IMAX too. Yeah, I have a and whole story I, about that. Oh yeah, that was that was a hilarious story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember seeing that and the like, just the whole thing shaking. And I'm like, I haven't felt immersed like this in yeah. a very long time. And I'm like, but that movie is very contemplative too. It's it's a little louder because it is is it's following a narrative, um, like a an adapt an adaptation. But mind you, I'm a fan of the book anyway, or the books, I should yeah. say. So I was wait. I've been waiting for this. I was like, "Yeah, you guys better get this right." I saw the old movie with Patrick Stewart, <laughs> and it's good, but it's not. Good. It's good, but in a different way. It's fun, but also bogus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that word, bogus. Uh, I should start saying that more often. Yeah, it, it is straight up bogus, but it is like it's so overacted and everything like that. Um, mm. The guy who plays Paul, I forget his name cracked me up yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. movie but it's also pretty epic and i think the translation is very good because that's another movie that they say is undoable you yeah. can't do this i'm like shut up with the technology we have now and the people that are coming out of you know that are being recognized for their storytelling and their different ways of doing things almost anything can be done now it's just you got to get the right person to do it I just think it's so funny that, like, people for decades have been like, this work is unadaptable. It would be ridiculous to attempt such an affair. You simply can't turn it into a two-hour movie. And it's like, what if we made it a six-episode TV show? And they're like, yes, Shut that would up. work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, you like, got me. Fine, yes, yeah. yes, correct. Shut up. <laughs> Okay, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I guess that's with like the Last of Us. That's that's a big thing nowadays. Is sure. you know everybody's yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but like I've already played I mean, the video game. Wasn't yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what, what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. Is like video games are a little different because if you played the game, then you kind of know the you know because I I was the same way I felt about it. It's very similar to the Disney live action remakes. Like, mm -hmm. unless you do something different, what's the point? Yeah, which it sounds like, in their defense, there are a few things, important things that are different. So, like, mm -hmm. maybe it's worth checking out. I'm sure it's got charismatic performances. I love Pedro Pascal. Uh, he's great. But, he's yeah, great he's in great. like a lot of stuff. It's hilarious how good he is. But, uh, but like, uh, I don't know. I'm just not that hungry for it. Well. Uh, and, and well, that's the thing is, I'm not either. The only reason why I watched it is because I noticed that it was on HBO Max, and I was like, "Huh, I got an hour to kill," and I and I and I literally yep. just did that, and I watched it, and I was like, "This isn't bad. This is good. No, I like it. I'm sure it is because yeah, the game but, was a perfectly good movie." Yeah, and and but that's the thing is that's why a lot of this stuff, these translations don't necessarily like. I'm not saying that they can't be good, but a lot of it is not as you don't have to go in it to it hype as hell. You don't have to. I yeah. wasn't hyped for Last of Us. I just went in and was like, oh, this is okay. This is good. I like it. But I wasn't like, oh my goodness. Oh, 
anymore? Because I already played the game. And I was like, well, I played the movie. Same thing with Uncharted. Now, I didn't see the Uncharted movie because I yeah. knew it was going to be bullshit. But I already went through the entire saga of the of Nathan Drake yeah. from beginning to end. And I, want, I watched it because um, my wife loves those games. She played through each one of them, one after another. And I just watched a movie. I just watched a one long TV series and it was enjoyable. So, so yeah, you know. both of those are fine. I'm glad that we've gotten adaptations of Uncharted and The Last of Us, but when are they going to adapt Naughty Dog's one true masterpiece? That's right. I'm talking about Jack 2, baby. Uh, Jack 2, ready, was, Jack 2 was, on was, the silver screen. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, uh, are you talking about Jack and Daxter? Because that's the only one that everybody cares about. There needs to be an extended sequence where they're on one of those big cars and they're driving on the lower levels and then they pop up <laughs> to the higher level and they launch another car and it explodes. There needs to be a lot of those. And then well, also a bunch of sick Tony Hawk stunts on a well, hoverboard. Well, there just needs to be like just sequences of you know them just driving through the streets and running over people and them exploding <laughs> into like sparks just a lot call, just like way too many cops as pedestrians that you're going to accidentally bump into it's going to be very i mean annoying. me and my we used to make that a game within the game like me and I mean, my siblings we used to call it chariot wheeling uh we would just go around and just purposefully run over as many <laughs> uh, pedestrians as possible without like like alerting the cops yeah, without getting an alert that's great yeah it's it's really funny. But yeah, everybody's been waiting for like Jack and Daxter, which if you hey, Sony executive who I know is listening right now, if you make it <laughs> fucking live action, I will kill you. Be upset. I'll just be sad. <laughs> I was going to say like, no, Jesus, Corey, I... you really escalated there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, before I want that, I'm going to be honest before I want that. Um, I want a Sly Cooper movie. Um, make you have the technology now. Just make it how you made the 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 bad guys and that style of animation, and it's perfect. Do it, please. Do it, please. Insomniac, do this. Do this for me. Oh, it's not Insomniac. It's the, not Insomniac. The bad guys is a great touch point for for Sly Cooper. Yeah. Oh that man, would be, so, that'd be good. it's perfect. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's just. I don't think it'll ever happen, though. I um, mean, it's not insomniac. No. I'm sorry for all everybody who's listening and just immediately it's fact check me. It's not sucker so punch. That's yeah, right. Sucker punch. It is I, not insomniac. My brain skipped a gear as well. Yeah, I wouldn't have caught that. Oh, I, but I know people would sound off in the comments. How dare you? Is this guy even <laughs> a gamer? <laughs> as a gamer American, I'd like to say. <laughs> You sound like you're going for office. As a gaming, <laughs> as a gamer American, I would like to say that I do, in fact, like the original Mario Kart. But Mario Kart 8, I think, has too many, too many DLC. They need to go back to Double Dash. Let okay? me be clear. <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree. Double Dash uh, is a highlight of the series, having two racers, immaculate. However, yes. <laughs> with the newer Mario Kart games, we have unlocked the secret to racetracks, which is fuck gravity, drive <laughs> on the walls and shit, have a paraglider, I don't care. That's the future. And we're going there. <laughs> that is the future. 
If you play a NASCAR game and you just turn left, you're a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. <laughs> let me... Let me... Be, I, I was going to do something. That was actually pretty good. That was really good. I was about to say something else. I was like, let me be, let me be clear about this. First of all, I'd like to say that where is our... Elden Ring DLC. My fellow Americans, I have an important announcement to make for the nation as a whole. Uh, I did beat Sword Saint Ishin. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> oh. Okay, no, I am not going to do that anymore. I'm going to leave all of the Obama voiceovers to you, Adam. That is really funny. (laughs) I think you've got a better impression. Oh, no. Yeah, but you had the lines, though. So we just got to put it together. (laughs) We just got to put it together and and we create magic. But that was really funny. Obama approves this message. Obama listens to this podcast. He listens to Halftone Takes. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if Obama just subscribed to us and he's like, you know what? I like these two guys. I think you get four stars on Apple iTunes. Four stars? No! Damn it! The algorithm! You gotta understand that you guys <laughs> meander too much. And that's... that's It's not good. You, I'm you guys still got waiting to hear you talk about Speed Racer from four episodes ago. <laughs> Well, sorry, Mr. President. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) I love that movie a lot. God, it's crazy how all of his opinions are correct. (laughs) God. (laughs) And he beat Swordsy? Fucking crazy. (laughs) But yeah, it's... What were we even talking about? We were talking about, (laughs) Who knows at this point? Yeah. Uh, Here's the secret. Uh, If you're going to include darkness in children's media, I think it needs to be to a purpose and to have heart. Uh, You actually mentioned Game of Thrones, and I think that's a great example of, like, pointless edginess and pointless darkness. Um, Which, again, isn't a huge problem in children's media, but, like, I think it is always good to have, like, that point of reference. Well, I think Uh, a good... I think uh, um, an example for from children's media, anyway, mm -hmm. is... The Iron Giant, which we mentioned earlier. Yep. The Iron Giant has, if you think about it, it has like, quote unquote, dark themes, especially yeah, when it comes does. to like government oversight. And I was like, and geez, just, <laughs> you know, fear of nuclear annihilation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which actually was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Best lines in the movie. Where's the giant man's lane? <laughs> We're going to die for our country. (laughs) I was like, damn. (laughs) Yeah, great movie about uh, uh, very serious, you know, uh, adult themes. And uh, Pinocchio, which we didn't even, like, finish talking about because we got too distracted by our idiot bit, um, (laughs) is a movie about death. And I think it's really fascinating that they contextualize a lot of the questions that don't make sense in the Disney movie, because the Disney movie sanded off too many edges. Yeah. In the Disney movie, he wants to be a real boy, because like, which means he wants to be a meat boy. He doesn't want to be a wood boy. He wants to be a meat boy for his meat papa. However, yeah. uh, in Del Toro's, being a real boy means you can die. It means being mortal. Like he has severed. 
his normal earthly connection and is no longer of the earth in in some literal yeah. ways he and he has to abandon that in order to become a person uh and like boy that's cool like that's profound and like you said beforehand like the disney version the original disney version isn't necessarily bad it's just no. very much simple and sometimes yeah. simple is fine if for a, an entertaining piece of media it's it's fine because it's very it's well animated too it's not like it's not the original 2d disney's pinocchio uh remains one of the most amazing looking yeah like visual that's what, that's what i'm talking about i'm not yeah. talking about any other adaptation or like yeah you like, know i'm from, talking it's, about it's that amazing. One. it's their second feature animation mm-hmm. and they got it they figured oh, yeah. it out they're still doing stuff in that movie that i'm like that would be damn hard to do it's with it's modern stup- tools it's stupid it's stupid hard 1940 yeah the skipping just the s- pinocchio skipping the the multi plane like, camera <laughs> when he's in Stromboli's wagon and the wagon yeah. is shaking and the cage is shaking like yeah it, ridiculous incredible it's, stuff it's yeah it's it's the, ridiculous the water effects phenomenal um, yeah and actually like that that's a good Pinocchio talk is going into overtime I just want to like <laughs> quick yeah, lightning quick. round yeah. thing. Uh, but like the Pleasure Island sequences in the oh, original man. Pinocchio. Oh man, that's dark. Like yeah. that's sinister. That that, that, that is purposefully supposed to scare you. And the, yeah. I mean, even me thinking about it is like, whoa! I forgot they did that. Whoa! Yeah. That kid actually transformed in front of Pinocchio's eyes into a donkey, and they put him in slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! First of all. Transforming into a donkey doesn't look fun. No. Second of all, painful. he does get turned into slave labor. Third of all, he does not get rescued. <laughs> like none of them do. Rip. None of them do. Rip to those kids. It, yeah. It, they literally. Kids. Yeah. They literally just move on from that. And Pinocchio, like, and here's the thing, but they don't. They dwell on it, but not really, because that's not the point yeah. of that specific movie. But with the new Pinocchio, they make you dwell on everything. Everything Pinocchio does, it comes back. It either comes back around or Pinocchio's thinking about it as, uh, you know, the kid he is. It, it, we're talking so. about Del Toro's Pinocchio, not yeah, the Del Toro, live sorry. action remake Ew. of the 40s Pinocchio, which, to, to my point, sands those edges further. And so the Pleasure Island section is neutered and... Yeah. Now it doesn't like by removing that darkness, it removes a big part of that identity. Yeah. Um. It it takes away it takes away from you, the point. Use it to a purpose. Yep. It takes away from the point. Um. Yeah. But that's what we're saying is for creative. Like I like to round out the episodes because we're winding down. Like we we got a little bit left, but um, I like to throw it out to the creatives out there. Is if you if you do have a, um, you know, a desire to make, you know, children's media or something like that, or maybe just something for fa- that's more family oriented, because just mm-hmm. because it's family oriented doesn't mean it's bad or it's, you know, it has to be childish. You can make very good things like that. And you're just ha- some people are happy to be better at that. If you do have a desire for that kind of you know, work or that kind of art. Um, just remember 
to make the stuff, make stories that you want to make. Tell them how you want to be, how they want to be told, how you want to tell them. Because a lot of these, these um, things can be avoided, like the problems in, you know, children's media specifically, basically with, you know, handling dark themes and whatnot can be avoided if people were just honest about it. Yeah. Um, Del Toro is honest about a lot of things. And that's why he he's not even it doesn't seem like he's even trying half the time to put to tell the story he wants to tell because he knows what he's he knows what he wants to tell. Now, there are different ways of doing that, but extra fluff to add to the maturity or to the darkness without context is not the way to go about it. Um, yeah. You know, some in it, it's hard to do that, but at the same time, it's I will continuously say make what you want to make how you want to make it. Um, it is very tempting to say, oh man, I got to add some cussing in here to make it like more gritty. I, I mean, it's, it is, this is honestly a thing. I've talked to oh, people yeah. that are like, I, I got to add this. I got to like, you know, in order for them, these two people to be, to exude love, they, I have to have some type of sex scene. I have to have some type of this. They have to be shown in bed, like naked together or something like that. Or for them to, for everybody, for the audience to be clear that they are in love type thing. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay. Um, He's like, I have to, this is a war film. You have to have all this gratuitous, like head exploding violence. You have to have it. Um, Does it serve a purpose to the story? Not really, but I have to have an extended war scene. I have to, to show you how bad this stuff is and everything. I'm like, all right, all right. (laughs) Chill out a little bit. Like, all of that, like, it needs to be working towards a greater purpose. Yes. Like, if you're going to have a scene like that, if you're going to be saving Private Ryan, like, you need to have scenes like, uh, you know, the very slow knife stab and then show the other characters. It's so brutal. But then you also need to show characters who are just, like, (laughs) not able to handle it. You know, you have to show the the damage that it does not just to the people who violence is done to but like how acts of violence hurt those who commit violence mm-hmm. and how just being around this ambiently damages like people like you you know you don't have to do all of those things specifically but just like have a point have a purpose have it work yeah. towards something and also oh yeah i do want to be clear that this is not either of us saying that, you know, prestige media, highbrow media is the only way to go. As said before, no, I'm a fan no, of dumb idiot not. bullshit. Uh, all, we all are. We all are. I don't even yeah. care if you are the you are the most highest brown reviewer ever. You you like something stupid. You just don't say it. <laughs> you if you do not like some kind of trash, you should like you should go and find the trash that suits you because there is some trash out there that is going to be exquisite. That is going to be, you know, we're, we're, I'm talking about like strategic use of immaturity in Pinocchio and how like smart I found Mm -hmm. that. I was just like, this is a song about poop that I think is like really like cleverly done. Well, 
inserted serves a larger it serves purpose. A purpose. Yeah, like, it serves it's the purpose. It's really good. It's a really like it's a fun, goofy scene that like, in, is more than the sum of its parts. And it's in context of the character. The character, you know, would do something like that, would yeah. make something like that up. It's not like an out of the out of the, you know, out of the, you know, out of the blue type thing where he's like, this character doesn't feel like this made it up. It, it just feels like it was thrown in for a, you know, musical sequence. Yeah. But it feels like the character would actually do something like that despite <laughs> what, what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like that stuff is great. Uh, I also love the intentional, deliberate use of immaturity in Sam Raimi movies, where it's just like, <laughs> hey, I don't know how to break Pizza this time. to you, but we do need a blood geyser right here, and it's going to be nasty. <laughs> it's going to get in your oh, mouth. Oh, man, I'm, I'm immediately thinking of other Sam Raimi stuff like Spider-Man. Pizza time. Pizza time. <laughs> like, Pizza that time. stuff is very fun. I'm talking about, like, Evil Dead and Drag Me oh, to yeah. Hell. Oh, like, I, Drag I Me know to you're Hell talking is dumb it in is a very way dumb. that i love like that is i mean a lot a of people to be fair a lot of people love movie. that movie a lot of people really love fun. that movie because it's fun yeah well it's the same thing with happy death day if you've ever seen that i have uh, seen that ha happy death day is kind of hilarious <laughs> it's, it's, it punched above its weight class uh um, yeah for sure uh but like again like anyone can do anything art can encompass, you know, there's the thing about like, oh, you can't joke about this. No, you can joke about anything under the sun. You get, but you, you have to be, be smart funny. about it. You have to be and smart yeah. about it. You have to be smart about it and you have to be funny. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the same with movies. You can do anything that you want. If you want yeah. to make a bleak, sad show about the horrors of war and the ramifications of genocide. Adam's going to watch it. <laughs> for children... Yeah. Make the Avatar the Last Airbender, and it's fucking good. Oof. Oh, man. See, yeah. he just went there. Got him. He just went there. Got him. Yep. And that like, and that show is great. <laughs> that, that show, show is, is great. great. And that show is for children. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can do it. You can get away with virtually anything. You know, Steven Universe has a several episode arc about the concept of consent and I talk about oh, that yeah. constantly about how impressed I am. Like the writers were on on the ball with Steven Universe. Especially like, well, I should say later, definitely later on in the series. They mm. just like were What yeah. are you guys doing? Where where are you guys coming from? Like HBO writers or something? <laughs> how are you guys so complex with all this stuff? And you're writing it for kids. Yeah. This stuff is written for kids, but here's the thing. They know what they were wanting to write and say. So it appealed to a broader audience, even if they were aiming at, you know, a, a specific audience. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what happens when you write good shit, <laughs> when you yeah. make good stuff, but you got to make what you want. It, you yeah. can't. And, it, and that's the thing. And that's why I go back to really quick. Guillermo del Toro is the goat because he made um, the robot movie, which is awesome. And it appealed to a huge range of, <laughs> range of what people. What the fuck is the robot movie? The um uh, Pacific Rim. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry, yeah. giant robot. Made, giant God, robot I love movie. Pacific Rim. What a dumb Pacific movie. Pacific Rim. It, mm. But it was him. That's yes. why I say it. He put his foot in that. He's like, no, I like big monsters. I like looking. And I cannot lie. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't get it at first, but then I had to think. I about love it. giant robots. <laughs> you love giant robots. She loves giant robots. She loves. Yeah, she loves. <laughs> okay. <Nice. laughs> okay. That's quite enough. <laughs> Create with intention, and you can get away with anything under the sun. And people will let you. People mm -hmm. will be like, "Yeah, I'll give you money for making good stuff like that." It's it's slowly happening. It's slowly happening. The We're studio in a is the age of most media. Like yeah. we really are. It took a little uh, bit, but we we're back in the swing of things, and there's yeah. stuff pumping out. So anyway, if you have any questions or comments or constipation, if you have any suggestions for a topic for an episode, send us an email at halftonetakes at gmail.com. If you enjoyed listening to this, please give us a rating and review on iTunes, Podcast Addict, or wherever this ends up, because it'll end up on a lot of stuff eventually. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to yeah. take it out first this time. I'm going to take it out first. Live I dream, am baby. Corey Revis. <laughs> I am Corey Revis, an illustrator and comic creator. You can find me on Instagram at EA. R-T-H-U-R underscore one. So that's Earther one. And that is currently where I am right now. Just that. So how about you, buddy? Thanks, buddy. I have been Adam Bucheri. I am an animator and game designer. You can find my tabletop games at boocherry.itch.io. That is boo like ghost, cherry like fruit. Nice. And... Yeah, so if you guys don't know, Adam has a tabletop thing going on. It's actually yeah. pretty good. Check out Enter the Survival Horror. It's inspired by Resident Evil, and it's good. That's not just me saying it's good because it's my thing. It's good because it's good. <laughs> I think so. I try to make stuff that I like. But that's good because then you find like-minded people that are like, oh, I didn't even know this thing existed. Yep, I'm just going to make the thing that I want and assume that other people are going to be into it. And other people largely have been into it. But with that said, I got pizza in the oven. I gotta <laughs> go. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. And I'm hungry, too. So I need to find something yeah. in the fridge to eat. Maybe I'll yeah. eat some pickles. Pickles sound good. Yo, I had made some bami the mm. other day. Get some pickled vegetables on a sandwich. Ooh. Ooh. Mmm. Mmm. That's what's See, up. Now you're making me hungry, so it's time to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All, All right, right buddy. It was a good talk. Yeah. I'll catch you later. Always happy right. to chat with you. Take care. All right, but you too. Okay, you hang up. All right, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>